I'd like to continue on from what we did last week. Last week, Ramon spoke on my relationship with. Now, if you hear my relationship with, you think about all kinds of thing, things. Last week was Mother's Day, so it's like my mom, my dad, the, the children, the dog, my bike. You know, we do that. Come on. What guy doesn't have a relationship with his motorcycle? Now, come on. Be honest. All right? So we have relationships with all kinds of things. Why? Because we were created for relationship. When God created everything, he had relationship within himself. He is relational. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The first time God speaks in the Bible, he says, let us create. And so that connection is important to us. We are made for those connections. So we are connected with people. We're connected with animals, motorcycles, animate things, inanimate things, everything around us. We have some sort of connection with them. We then took it a step further and we said, well, what's my relationship? What is my connection with truth? We live in a postmodern world and, and that word has different meanings to different people these days, doesn't it? Because in the world today, truth seems to be relative, doesn't it? As everything, everything is relative, isn't it? Now, that's not really true. Truth is truth. A thing is a thing, and that's the thing, isn't it? This, yes, this is, no, okay, good. All right, we've got it. Okay, you guys agree. I hope I haven't coaxed you into something, okay? Well, when we get into the realm of my truth and your truth and my reality and your reality, we, we get ourselves into very, very dangerous territory. And why do we get ourselves into dangerous ter territory? Because suddenly good isn't necessarily good and evil isn't necessarily evil. And the law is more of like, you know, you can if you want to, but if you don't, you know, then murder is okay and... You know, and then the rules and the regulations all become relative. That's dangerous territory. So we need some absolutes, don't we? And that's where we ended last week, saying that Christ is our absolute. Okay? That Jesus specifically says in the book of John that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And that is the truth. That is the absolute that we can base our lives on. All right, so that we can stand a chance in this life without those absolutes. Society falls apart. The very fabric of society starts coming, coming apart at the seams, and everything falls apart around it. So, on to this week. That's old news. This week, all right, new things. We continue with my relationship with or my connection with, but we add a little word, me. How is your relationship with yourself? How is my relationship with me? How are you with you? It's a strange question, isn't it? Let me expand. We are inseparably connected to ourselves, aren't we? And so if we speak with, about our relationship with, our connection to, my connection to me is an important thing to look at, isn't it? Now, in terms of relationship, 
my relationship with me, and I know I'm not unique in this, it's complicated. All right? Hey? Uh, yeah, if, if that's my Facebook status, uh, I guess it's complicated, you know? And I think for a lot of us, it's the same. Because we have days where, you know, I'm kind of okay with myself. And then I have days where, man, if I could, if I could actually get it right to kick myself in the backside, I probably would, you know? We all have those days, don't we? And we're incredibly hard on ourselves. We really are. You know, now it's quiet. Now everybody's like, oh, man, he's got me. Yeah, I do, don't I? You're, like, You're exactly like me, aren't you? We don't allow ourselves a lot of space. A lot of space to, to deal with things. A lot of space to understand. We're very hard on ourselves. It's like, come on, get right. Fix it. You're kind of like that teacher standing over you going, really, you're still struggling with that? I told you how to do it. Told you once. Get it right now. I don't know. I'm like that with me. I don't know if you guys are like that with you. Then the second thing that we don't really allow ourselves is time. We don't allow ourselves time to process things. We don't allow ourselves times, time to get through things. We go through a trauma and and what do we tell everybody? I'm okay. And when you don't feel okay, you're like, you better be okay. <laughs> and then people look at you and it's like, you, 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 it seems like you're troubled. I've got me under control. Really? Promise? The third thing that we don't really allow ourselves is a lot of grace. We make lots of mistakes. And man... Can we remember a mistake that we made for like ever? And can we bring it up at the worst of times to ourselves, like all the time? Yeah, we do that. Why do we do all this? We need, we need, we need space. We need time. We need some grace. Why don't we give ourselves this time, space, and grace? Well, let's start here. Because you're your own worst critic. Simple as that. Standing up here this morning, uh, you think you're critical of me. You should hear me on me, all right? When I hold the mic, I should stand up straight. Hold the mic right. Look at all the people. Move. Look at all. Oh, I started on that side already. Look at all the people. You know, you guys think you're critical about me. You should hear me on me after I get off of here, okay? Why do we do that? Well, we, we live with all these woulda, coulda, shoulda things. If it only would have been like that, it could have been so much different. You know what? My life should have been so much different. And, and we kind of dwell there, and it's a horrible place to hang out. It's not a safe place to hang out, okay? Now, let me just state early on, okay, that today is not about loving yourself more. If that's what you're hearing, I'm sorry, I've misspoke. Um, that's not what I'm saying. But today is about enabling us to, to really, really have 
healthy relationship with ourselves, to really take a good, honest look at ourselves, and to understand how am I with me? How should I be with me? Now, I know at this stage, there's a few people who's, who's listened to some, some podcasts, who's read some books, and who are thinking, what does he mean it's not about loving me more? All right? Isn't it a good thing to love yourself a little bit more? The Bible has something to say about that. Okay. Paul writes to Timothy, a young pastor, and he says, you're going to deal with some different people in the church. Here he goes. In 2 Timothy 3, from verse 1, he says, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. <sighs> Thank you. You know, that's so encouraging. Continues. It says, for the people will love only themselves and their money. All right, we can stop there and go, we live there today, isn't it? Like, but this was around 2,000 years ago, so, you know, let's be honest, people don't change that much, apparently. So let's continue. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They'll be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride. They will um, love pleasure rather than God. And they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. So should we love ourselves more? Well, maybe there's a balance. Maybe there's a balance, isn't it? All right. So once again, the aim this morning is not to love yourself more. If you are looking for that, the how to be an Instagram influencer, um, I, can, I can connect you to some people. They can give you a, a course on that. If you think we're not living in this world, uh, just go to Instagram. It's a social media app that I'm not advertising. But click on the little magnifying glass. And just have a scroll through, just like three thumb flicks. People love themselves. People love their money. People like to have others see how much they love themselves. People like to see or have others see what they have and how they have it. And they wear this mask. That is an extremely heavy mask to carry. And we all get caught up in it a little bit. Because we, we see those things and it's like, it'll be nice to have some of that. And congratulations, you have just been influenced by, by Instagram. All right, that's how those folks make money. All right, that is literally it. Okay. Now, popular opinion today. Popular opinion today will tell us that self-love is the key to dealing with with depression. Popular opinion today will tell us that self-love is the doorway out of, out of guilt and shame. It goes so far that popular opinion will tell us that the Great Commission, love God and love others as you love yourself, 
is caught up in self-love. Because how can you love God and love others if you don't love yourself? Just a quick hint. Yourself is at the end of that sentence. So we'll figure out why in a moment. It's not. It really isn't. The way forward into freedom is to see ourselves the way that God sees us. That's the safest place to be. So, I thought I'd take a moment and tell us how God sees us. All right? So, everybody's so excited. It's like, ooh, this is going to be a good one. Hold on to your seats. All right? How does God see you? Well, sinful, guilty, and unable to save yourself. Have a nice Sunday. Aren't we glad that's not the end of the story? All right? But that is how God sees us, because otherwise he would have never sent Jesus. I'm so glad that the story continues. I'm so glad that the seeing continues, because then we realize that he saw us as sinful and guilty and unable to save ourselves. So he stepped into the picture and he sent his son who paid the perfect price for us to be able to live lives that honor him, to be able to live the lives that he has created us for. All right. So through through Jesus, we are washed clean, declared righteous by our faith in God. Romans 3, if you want to figure out where I found this, Romans 3 and verse 23 and 24 says, everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet, God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. So how does God see you? Let me be honest. He sees you a lot like you see yourself. Sinful, guilty, and unable to do anything about it. Isn't that why we are so hard on ourselves? Because we know I'm a mess. And I'm guilty of my mess because I chose myself into that mess most of the time. And you know what? I can't really do anything about it. That's why it's such a mess. And then we get super critical of ourselves. And I'm like on my own case all the time. Because you can't do this wrong and you can't do that wrong. Man, we can't live like that, can we? So a good, honest, healthy idea of ourselves is that we are a redeemed people. We have been bought out of our troubles. How? By Christ. When? When we put our faith in God. Redemption gives us a chance to look out of here and go, you know what? You are a mess. Thank God for God. And you can take your eyes off your mess and look outside. And for the first time, we can truly love God and love others. Why? Because, well, we were first loved. And then, take this popular opinion, then we can start stepping out of our guilt and our shame because the price has been paid. And then for the first time, we can start climbing out of that pit of depression. Why? 
because you are not that thing. Whatever that thing is, it doesn't define you. It doesn't make you who you are. God makes you who you are. So we need to love what Christ has done for us. And then we will start falling in love what he's doing through us. Man said this. Man called John Piper said, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. So pretty much when I realize that it's not about me, but it's about the person of God wanting to dwell inside me, wanting to do life with me, then suddenly life makes a lot more sense. And with that in mind, then for the first time I can maybe start loving myself. Because if I love myself before Jesus, if I love myself without knowing that a price has been paid for that sin, for that shame, for that guilt, then I'm in love with things that I shouldn't be in love with. Should we be in love with the damage that we have done to ourselves and the damage that we have done to others? No, not for a second. And if we take Jesus out the picture and we love ourselves, that's exactly what we're in love with. But if we add, no, not add, if we kick me out and put Jesus in there, man, then there's something to love there, isn't it? Then for the first time, loving yourself actually makes sense. So often, that's why we have a hard time with liking ourselves. Now, when you are posed with the question, how are you with you? How is your relationship with yourself? First things first, don't ask yourself. Why? Because I think I've spent enough time to show us that we are our own worst critics. And we don't do such a good job, do we? All right. Secondly, don't be defined by others, man. That's a dangerous spot to live. Why? Well, others define us by our worst failures. That's what they do. That's why they're others. You do that with others. You know, I do that with others, so I'm guessing you do that with others. You know, how did your friends at school get those terrible nicknames? Because of the stupid things they did? Oh, this is the way it goes. Why did you call him fingers? Well, he stuck his finger in the... Now he looks like this, you know? Uh, that's how we get bad nicknames. How do we, we jump into the Bible? Jump into Bible characters. How do we remember Eve as the mother of all nations of the world? No, she's the chick that ate the thing that she wasn't supposed to. That's how we've defined Eve. Cain and Abel, the first brothers in the world. No, 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 that's the, that's the family that killed each other, doesn't it? You know, I think it was, a, I think it was because God didn't like fruit and vegetables. Uh, I'm not sure. That is not the story, by the way. That is not true. 
David, Israel's greatest king, conqueror of many nations, Bathsheba. That's how we define him, isn't it? You can't tell all the good stories about David without going, oh, and remember Bathsheba. Like, you get your head out the toilet. Come now, you know. New Testament. How do we remember Matthew? He was a tax collector. Worst thing that could ever happen to the poor boy. And that's how we remember poor Matthew. Thomas? Well, Thomas was a doubter. Why? Let me be honest. When somebody dies in front of you, and, you know, your other friends who are kind of loopy starts telling you that this guy has come back to life. Aren't you going to have some doubts? You know? And we define the poor man by just that. Thomas the doubter. Can you believe it? How about, how about Peter? How do we remember Peter? Peter is the guy when the Holy Spirit came and fell on the guys in the upper room. He walked out and he preached this amazing message and 3,000 people were saved. How do we remember Peter? Isn't he the guy that denied Jesus three times? Isn't he the get behind me Satan dude? Yeah, that's, that's Peter. How do we remember ourselves? Do we allow those nicknames? Do we allow those definitions to stick? Are you the person that went to the thing and did the... Are you the person that answers the phone like this? Are you the that? Don't let people define you. Don't allow that to happen. Who should define us? God should define us. How does he define us? Well, he reckons that you are valuable and that you are worthwhile and that there's something to you that you don't even see. That's why he was willing to do what he did for us. What did he do for us? Well, in Genesis, God created us in his image. He breathed life into our nostrils, and he gave us authority over his creation. In Psalm 139, we read that he knit us together in our mother's womb, that he fearfully and wonderfully made us. We read that before we've even said a word, when the word is still like stuck on our lips, he already knows what we're going to say. Jump to Matthew 10. He was so meticulous. He was so serious about you and your purpose and about what he has for you. He even keeps count of the hair on your head. Do you think God likes you? Do you think his opinion about you supersedes any opinion that you have about yourself? Any opinion you've ever heard about you? You see, when we exchanged God's truth for a lie, he didn't go, oh, I was wrong. No, 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 no. He knew what he stuck inside of us. And he spared no expense, even willing to offer his son and finally offering his son. To pay that price that we might have a good relationship with ourselves that we might have a relationship with him that we might have a relationship with others you can go and read about that anywhere in John 
He makes us new, 2 Corinthians 5.17. He sets us free from power of sin and death. That's Romans 8. He gives us his spirit to live inside of us. That we may know that he is always near. That he never leaves us and never forsakes us. He empowers us. He makes us bold. And he guides us in truth and righteousness. And if you want to read where that is, that is John 14. That is Acts 1. And that's Galatians 5, 16. What's God saying to you today? What is the one thing he wants you to walk away with? I love you. May that be your definition. May, be, may that be the foundation of your relationship with you. Not I love me. Oh no, God loves me. Am I saying to you today, love yourself more? No, I'm saying love Jesus because he loves you more. Go home with that. Hold on to that. As the band comes back up, we'll never be able to love ourselves the way that God loves us. We'll never be able to, to start knowing how much he cares for us. But if we get our relationship with him in order, then we stand the best chance to start this thing off, to get this thing off on the right track. The point here this morning is that we realize who we really are that we see ourselves the way God sees us. It starts with, I'm sinful, I'm guilty, and I can't do anything about it. But don't get stuck there. Please don't get stuck there. I want to ask Duncan, can we do, um, oh, come to the altar again. We sang this song. I just love it when, when Jesus knows how to work things out. We sang the song earlier. And it really just says what my heart is for this morning. And what I believe God's heart is this morning. That we come to his altar. And allow him to have his way in us. Allow him to change me from the inside. Allow him to change my perceptions. Allow him to change my opinions, my ways into what he has for me because that is best why well because god wants you he wants all of you all of that mess all of that stuff that you're criticizing about you is exactly what he is looking for the good the bad the ugly the in-between bits why because he made you and i for relationship he made us because He wants a relationship with us. And He knows that He knows that He knows that our best chance at life is a relationship with Him. He wants to redeem my mess. He wants to redeem your mess into something beautiful. So I'm going to ask that we sing this song together. And if this is you this morning, just hear the words and hear the truth that is spoken. And I want to 
I want to pray over all of us. I think all of us is something to be prayed for this morning. But I want to get specific. And I want to say, if you've never, ever said, Lord, I need you. Lord, I've long realized that I am a sinful mess. And I can't fix it by myself. I want to say that this morning is for you. If you're saying that I know that and I've prayed that prayer and I've done it probably 70 times after that, this morning's for you. Well done for being here because I think God has an appointment with you. I think He needs a new commitment from you. So let's sing together and then we'll pray together. So it's, an, it's a simple invitation this morning. If you are struggling with you, fix your relationship with God. And if that is you this morning, I'm going to ask you to be very brave. I'm going to ask you to come out of your seat and make a bit of a declaration this morning that I want to fix things. Will you come and join me in the front here that we might pray over you? If there's anyone like that, take a moment and come forward. I don't, I don't, nobody minds if it's the first time, the ninth time. Please come. There's people coming out of their seats. You can stand in the front here. Anybody else? I don't want to drag this out. I don't want to make it something that it's not. It really is about, about you and God. Can I ask some of our ministry team to come forward and just stand behind these folks and let us pray with them. standing in the front here I'll ask you for a moment to look at me how do we surrender we stick up a white flag don't we the international sign for I give up is this don't shoot and that's the perfect attitude <laughs> this morning as we pray can I ask you to to take a bit of guts and just stick your hands up here and say Lord I surrender. I give up. And will you repeat after me? Father God, I come to you this morning because I realize that I am sinful, I am guilty, and I can do nothing about it. But I know this morning, Lord, that you have sent your son. You have paid the price for my sin, for my shame, for my damage. 
for my relationship with you, for my relationship with me, for my relationship with others. Thank you, Lord, that I can submit myself to you. Thank you, Lord, that you promise that you make me new. Amen. Father, I thank you for the folks this morning who prayed this prayer with us, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you come and you give them peace, Lord. Lord, as as they go home and, and Lord, as life happens outside of these doors, Lord, I thank you that your Holy Spirit goes with them and keeps them in truth. That you lead them and guide them in who you are and what you are like. Lord, I thank you for the message that we heard this morning. Lord, I thank you that you have challenged each and every one of us, Lord. That anything good starts with you. That life starts with you. That if we look inside ourselves and if we look outside ourselves, we're not going to find it. But if we look at you, Lord, we're in a safe spot. Lord, will you help us to go out of these doors and to go and live exactly that. To hold fast to you and your truth. To hold fast to who you are. To hold fast to how much you love us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a chance in this world by loving us. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. We thank you so much for being us with us this morning. Thank you for joining us. If your bike is parked in the front here, I'm going to ask that you give us maybe 10 minutes. We just want to pray with these folks and get some of their details. Go and have a cup of coffee. Go and have a wonderful Sunday. Go and show the world what Jesus is like. Amen. Amen.